Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, we're going to have another conversation about race. This is my third on the topic. And this time, I'm going to be talking about books as windows and mirrors with a guest, Mija Butcher Godfrey, who is co-founder of Jambo Books. So a bit about Mija. Mija Godfrey is a graduate of Wesley College and Yale Law School. Prior to uh, forming Jambo Books, Mija practiced law in New York and was an affordable housing developer in Atlanta and served as finance director for a statewide campaign in Georgia. And she continues to be very active in political and community organizations. As chief curator of Jambo Books, Mija reads dozens of books every month about minority children written by white authors and by authors of color. She believes that universal stories can and should include all kinds of people and that willing authors should have the opportunity and tools to tell universal stories about characters and communities that speak to them regardless of the author's cultural background. So welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast, Mija. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So before we get started with today's topic, I want to ask you, as a mother of three, including a tiny newborn, as a Black woman living through a cultural revolution during a pandemic, while running a business, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know how oh, you can Oh, goodness. It makes you not superhuman, um, but yeah, how are you doing other than obviously tired? Uh, you know what? I think, I think I'm doing well. I'm doing certainly the best I can. One place where I have a lot of questions about am I doing the right thing is with respect to how much I'm telling my oldest daughter, who's eight years old, about what's going on racially sort of around her. She understands the coronavirus pandemic and really hates it. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. she'll, she'll tell me, you know, I'm sad. I'm so, why are you sad? And she'll say, because of coronavirus. And gosh, it just breaks my heart. Um, her next oldest I guess sibling is four. And so they play together some, but it's not like having her friends around that she can touch. We do the distance play dates, but again, you know, she'll tell me, I just wish I could hug my friend. Or I just wish I could touch my friend. I know. And it's amazing, like that they recognize at such yes. young ages that they're missing something and how important. And I've had the same conversations with my kids, especially my ones that are close to 
uh, my two youngest, close in age to your two oldest, same thing. Oh, you know, we're going to go you know, visit a friend, but we'll have our masks on, we'll be far apart. And they always say, can we hug? Can we hug? And I'm like, not right now. And it's so sad. <laughs> it is. It's heartbreaking to tell your kids they can't hug. And until recently, when we got all the grandparents tested, and thank goodness they all came back negative, you know, they couldn't even touch their grandparents. And that was really difficult for everybody involved. And the minute that a grandparent came over with, you know, her negative test and she could hug Sophia and Sophia could hug her, it just made such a huge difference. Sophia was so happy to be able to hug her grandmother. And so I've been sort of balancing that with, do I really need to tell her right. what's happening right. with, you know, all of the Black Lives Matter work? Because, you know, I grew up very similarly to the way that she's growing up as one of the very few Black children in my school, in my class, et cetera. And I just want her to maintain just the joy of being a carefree kid for as long as possible. Because yeah. once you know, you can't unknow. Mm -hmm. And I think you sort of might see your friends a little bit differently. And so although she understands a lot about the history of the United States and she understands about race because we talk about it just a lot in the house, I haven't told her specifically about George Floyd being killed and the protests that are going on right now. Yeah, and I totally understand that, you know, from a completely different perspective, those are conversations that I'm trying to navigate. And I'm having very in-depth, interesting conversations with my 16-year-old daughter and my 13-year-old son. They're deep in this, asking so many questions, doing so much reading and, you know, being in the social media world, you know, just hold on, Misha, you know, wait for that <laughs> in terms of, you know, you can't protect them anymore, but nor should you, you know, at that age and stage, they're ready for those tough conversations. But then you have your younger ones. And especially with your eight year old, she's kind of right on that brink, you know, one foot in young childhood and one foot kind of going into that middle childhood preteen, you know, that's just around the corner in a couple of years. So it's kind of like, oh, at what point do we kind of further the conversation? And that's such a personal decision. And every family is going to make their own decision around the right time. And for me, I know when my kids are asking questions and my eight now just turned eight year old daughter started asking questions. And um, we did go to a family, um, you know, a Black Lives Matter Peace March a couple months ago, and we kind of talked about it. And she understood things on her level. But largely, it was just answering her questions. And that was it was helpful to kind of know, okay, where do we go next to this conversation? But yeah, I hear you. It's, it's always something where you're kind of weighing, all right, how much do I fill her in? And how much do I, you know, protect her childhood and her innocence and just kind of like help her just be a kid without so much weight on our shoulders. Right. So when we, um, we got in contact with each other to fill my listeners in, it was following my first podcast on the topic of talking to children about race, which was my episode 34 talking to our kids about race, racism, and privilege. I did a second episode, um, a few episodes later, episode 40, Conversations on Race, A Black Mother's Perspective. But after my 
first episode was released on the topic, I believe it was your marketing assistant who happened upon my podcast and listened to the episode and then contacted me and suggested that you might make a great contributor to my podcast. And I'm so glad she did. On that episode, one of the suggestions I gave parents was to take a look at the books and media that their children were consuming and to look for underrepresented voices and stories, in particular stories about people of color and or written by authors who are people of color. But that can be overwhelming. And I know I've had some intention to really, really add more diversity than currently is there to my children's books. But it's like, how does one start? What books are even out there? And how do people choose what books suit their children at their various stages of development? And Misha and your company, Jambo Books, you're providing the answer. And I am so excited to let my listeners know about your company and the service you provided. So tell us a bit about your company and what gave you the inspiration to start it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share. Jambo Books is a children's book subscription company. We send our members two to three books each month that are fiction and that star a child of color as the protagonist of the story. The stories also take place either in fantasy worlds or in environments that kids growing up in the United States would immediately recognize as familiar. And the reason that we do that is because although our kids should know about the whole world and the wide variety of ways people live around the world, for me, it was very important that children of color could see themselves blooming where they're planted and that your story doesn't take place necessarily in China or in India or in a country in Africa that your story can take place here where you are and you belong here. You really don't ever want our kids to feel like, you know, they should go back where they came from because this is where they came from. And so that's why it's important that the environment is very uh, recognizable to them. So we do make sure that the books are all, for the most part, race positive. And when I say race positive, I mean... Race does not dictate the outcome of the stories for the children in the books. That they can be brown or whatever shade of the rainbow they are and just enjoy being a kid. Enjoy mermaids and dragons and pirates and also their siblings and bedtime routines and school. It was really important to us to normalize the experience of being a child of color full of joy or fear of, you know, a dog or whatever it is that they're afraid of in that particular story, but just to be normal, to have a normal childhood and not have to, you know, save the world through some situation of being oppressed, right? Just Mm -hmm. being you. I love that. And how did you know that there was a need for something like this? Was there like a moment that it kind of dawned on you that this was kind of a need out there that you could perhaps solve? Well, certainly I wanted it. (laughs) So that's, that's where it started. I was looking for a subscription like this because I knew the books weren't going to be super easy to find. And I wanted someone to deliver them to my front doorstep. 
And we did a search of the internet trying to find someone that would send us these books. And particularly, I wanted them to feature children from all different backgrounds. I wanted you know, South Asian kids, East Asian kids, just kids from everywhere to be represented in the books. And I couldn't find them. Mm. So I talked to some friends of mine and said, would you be interested in a subscription like this? And you know, they said yes. So I said, well, we'll start. And to see where it goes. So that's really how Jumbo started. I really wanted it and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. It's such a great like entrepreneurial story. Like no one was doing it. We had a problem and I'm going to solve it. I love it. So tell me about the name. Why did you name your company Jumbo Books? We chose Jumbo because Jumbo means hello in Swahili. And what I wanted to do apart from offering these books was really be able to open up a conversation with our members and with other people about our backgrounds, our history, and how we all move forward together. So, you know, Jumbo Means Hello is really important to me because I want folks saying hello to each other. You know, I think that if we can engage in the very difficult conversations that we can move forward but we have to be willing to engage in them. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable sometimes. And it all starts with hello. It all starts with the intention to be neighborly and kind and open and learn. I love that. And I totally agree that just starting by making those conversations happen, even if they're a little bit uncomfortable at first, is just like, that's where you begin. And then from there, things will flow. So the topic that we're addressing today and in talking about Jambo Books is about this idea of providing children with both or either windows and mirrors through books and literature. So from your perspective, why is that important? And what, what do we mean by windows and mirrors? Well, so windows and mirrors, we refer to as the way the books allow you to interact with the world, right? So a window would be if I am reading a book about a Korean American boy, I'm looking into his life, right? It's not a story that is my story, but I can peek in and understand a little bit more about his life, about his family, his concerns. A mirror reflects to me my own story. And both of those are very important. Our kids learn what we value and what's important by what's around them. So if you never see yourself reflected in media, in art, in books, then you get a sense of where your importance is on a scale with those who are represented. So one icebreaker we ask people a lot is, how old were you when you first read a book that had a main character that looked like you? That's it. And most of the people that I ask who are around my age, so early 40s and older, all say teenage years. It's a fiction book as well, like not about Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King, right? It's got to be a fiction book. And most of them say in their teenage years. And most people can't even remember. They think maybe it was, you know, a Zora Neale Hurston book, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Mm -hmm. And that 
told us a lot of where we stood in American society, right? Like we understood what it was to be pretty. You needed to be blonde. It helped if you were very thin and you definitely needed to be fair skinned. You know, we understood by reading stories that stories that were about particularly white males were the ones that were universal, were the ones that you should be able to relate to regardless. All those stories that were about us were either not there or not considered important. Mm -hmm. So that's why mirrors are so very important for children of color. But you know, the windows are important because you have to know about your neighbors. You have to read about people and understand the commonalities between all of us, as well as some of the things that make us different, because all of that is good. And, you know, we're coming into a world where the sort of monocultural hegemony is ending. And so you don't want your children to be afraid to talk to people who don't look like them or to constantly stick their feet in their mouths when they do, right? right? You want to be able to have kids who can relate to everybody and who understand that the human story is what's important and not so much of what it's dressed in. That's, I just love that. And thank you so much for kind of helping to explain what is meant by that phrase, windows and mirrors. Um, it's so true. And books are such an incredible vehicle with our children to get those conversations going. And to, you know, as you're, you don't just plow through a book, as you're reading a book, you stop every now and then, you observe some photos, or you kind of think, oh gosh, why did that happen? And, you know, when you're reading a book with a child, it's very interactive. And just thinking about all those conversations that can come by reading books that provide these windows and mirrors for our children. So that's so well put. Thank you so much for explaining that. So when it comes to Jambo books and the description, what kind of books would subscribers in each age group expect to receive every month? Sure. Uh, so we'll start with the zero to twos. They get mostly board books or maybe two board books and one hardcover book that are just about Know, being a baby or um, trying to escape from your crib. That's a fantastic book called Out by Ari Chung. It's just hilarious. So those are the books that the, the youngest kids get. And I try to send them mostly board books because I know that little kids are hard on books. At least mine are. Oh, yeah. They all are. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> They're also teething apparatuses, yes. right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, then the three to four age groups, they will tend to get two hardcover books that are picture books. Again, I try to keep the language simple, but also, of course, it's a fiction book and maybe something inspirational that talks about, you know, how much your parents love you or what your parents have for you and their hopes and dreams. But those are all picture books. Five to six-year-olds get mostly picture books as well, but sometimes I'll also throw in like a very easy early chapter book that usually a caregiver will have to read, but you may have a child who is advanced and can read them on his or her own. Um, a book like that would be the Freddy Zapato series. He is a little boy who has shoes, sneakers that make him run incredibly fast, like faster than the speed of light. So he's a lot of fun, but the books are simple and they're easy for kids to follow. 
when you move into seven to nine, you start to get more of the chapter books that we're accustomed to. So some of them will be about like a Black girl who made a mistake and ate the mystery meat in the cafeteria (laughs) and ended up as a zombie. So that is an OMG zombie. (laughs) There are also, you know, books about kids realizing, oh my gosh, my parents are superheroes and I am too. And now I'm going to start going to superhero school. Uh, So that's generally what what the seven to niners get. And they will also get a more advanced picture book, like The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson. And that's just one of our favorite books. We love it. We try to send it as often as possible because it's just (laughs) a really great book. And then for the 10 to 13 year olds, they do get something a little bit different. They will get a middle grade novel. And these middle grade novels, I don't know about you, but like when I was in the middle grades, the novels were not this great. These books are fantastic. I enjoy reading them myself. Mm -hmm. And they're always, of course, stories, but they're stories that touch on a wide range of topics. And because of that, we will include with that novel a nonfiction book that expands on some topic that is touched on in the novel. So sometimes the novels do deal with sort of racial or cultural issues. But, you know, a lot of times they'll also deal with things like, you know, divorce or bullying or death of someone in the family. So we want to make sure that the parents know what their kids are getting without having to read the whole book first. So we send with it a parent summary that gives a full, spoiler full um, (laughs) summary of the book. So the parents know what's in there, as well as some conversation starters that parents can use to talk with their kids about what's in the book and specific topics that parents should know about. So if there's divorce, death, bullying, discrimination, they'll know that those topics are covered in the book and how. And then we also include a related reading list in case the kids want more and want to learn more about what's going on in the book. That's also included in our 10 to 13 boxes. Awesome. So that supplemental for the parents or caregivers, that's included with just the 10 to 13-year-old box or for the other boxes as well? Um, So that whole big piece, the parent summary, is just included in the 10 to 13th, but each box has a personalized letter, and in that letter, we do talk about what books are included and give maybe a sentence or two about what each book is about. Got it. And obviously, they're a little shorter, so a little easier. Yeah, it's a little easier to peruse. And also because they're geared toward the younger age, some of those more challenging topics are maybe not dealt with or not as much in depth as some of the other ones. But even still, you know, some of those books intended for seven, eight, nine-year-olds, they do tackle sometimes topics that are, you know, a little, that are relatable, including ones that are not always pleasurable. So it's great that you give kind of that, here's what's included and here's what to expect. And here's some conversations uh, that you might uh, want to have with your kids, particularly those older kids who are reading those more complex, um, thought-provoking books. And I love that you've incorporated in those the 10 to 13 boxes, the nonfiction book to kind of complement the fiction book. I love that not only from the educational kind of uh, value of being able to read not just one genre of books, but also to kind of like take understanding of a particular topic to another level. So that's that's so great. 
Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. So how do you go about choosing these books that go into the boxes each month? I mean, that seems like an overwhelming job. Uh, how do you go about choosing them? Well, I read a lot of books. And um, I bet. <laughs> one thing that's great is my mom was an English and drama teacher for 40 years. And she, of course, loves reading. And so I definitely get her to help as well. She is... Uh, I would not say a junior curator because she would never let me live that down, but she definitely <laughs> um, helps me to curate the books. And it's good because she has a different viewpoint. So she'll say, you know, this book covers some tough issues, but I think it's really great. Or Misha, I read the first 20 pages and I'm just, I can't bear to read anymore. <laughs> That's fine. Put it down. I've got more. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so she's really, really helpful in that regard. But I, I look for books. I find books on social media that I'll read. I am all over Amazon. I used to be in bookshops all the time and libraries trying to find the new books and also the classics that I think sometimes we forget and particularly publishers. It's really hard to get publishers to keep stuff in print. So sometimes we lose some great books and I try to find those and share them. So there's an author named Vera Williams, who wrote great children's books. She's a Black woman. She wrote great children's books featuring Black kids um, in the 70s. And, you know, you hate for those to be lost. So yeah. we'll definitely send some of those out. And of course, your Jack Ezra Cates books out as well, like Snowy Day and mm -hmm. um, the books about Willie the dog. So, you know, we try and get a wide range of books but not all of them make it. So, you know, we, but we try to be as discerning as possible and send people books that I'd like to receive myself. I love that. So I've got a really tough question. Um, I know given <laughs> the number of books that you undoubtedly consume every month, I want to know, do you have a personal favorite children's book and why is it your favorite? And I'm sorry, I know that's a really, really <laughs> big, and it's okay if you're like, I can't choose just one, I have to talk about two, but I would love to know your personal favorite and why. Gosh, um, let me tackle it this way what was my favorite book as a child? And then what's my favorite book right now? Because they mm -hmm. are different. Um, as a child, I just felt seen by Judy Bloom, And, you know, maybe those of you who read Judy Bloom as a kid will understand. I loved and still love Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. That oh, I know. Just... Was that not just like the best, most defining book of yes. that kind of like age and stage? <laughs> yes. And you can still talk to people today and, you know, mention, you know, I must, I must, I must increase yes. my must. And everyone's like, yes, I was there. I read it. Um, so that book will always hold a special place in my heart. Uh, probably my favorite book recently is uh, Rocket Says Look Up by Nathan Byron. It is a hardcover picture book, probably for ages, I would say the five to nine age range. And it's about this little girl, Rocket, 
who knows that there's going to be a media shower and she wants everyone in her neighborhood and her family to look up and see it. But what she finds is that people have their noses stuck in their phones or they're just busy looking down, not focusing on the beauty of the heavens. And so she is on this one girl crusade to get people to look up and enjoy this really transcendental display of the heavens. And I just, I'm just enamored of her. <laughs> so, oh you totally just gave me chills. I'm not exaggerating. What a beautiful story and topic. And I need to immediately go find that book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. That is such a beautiful story and concept. And it, who does it feature? The girl Rocket? Yes, yes. Rocket oh, is a little it. girl. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love it. You know, I was thinking about this question, how incredibly unfair it was to ask you because <laughs> um, there's so many wonderful books out there. And I was like, gosh, if, if someone asked me that, would I be able to answer? And immediately I knew, yes, that I was an elementary school teacher uh, prior to being a mother. And my, like, if I think of my favorite, like young child picture book, it's definitely Stella Luna. Mm-hmm. by Janelle Cannon about the little fruit bat. And it's funny because I thought about that knowing I was going to ask you this tough question. And I started reflecting, I haven't read it in a couple of years. Um, it's on one of my children's book stands right now. And I was thinking about that particular story and how relevant it is to kind of this conversation we're having in terms of this little fruit bat that just falls out of her um, or gets separated from her family somehow. I can't remember that, but ends up in this nest of birds and has to survive but also like is in this bird's world and is different and is very well aware of being different and, you know, gets scolded for doing, you know, bat things or, you know, flying the way a bat does and then um, but has to survive and, and fit in. And then as the book kind of progresses, she ends up finding her bat family and the birds and the bats kind of get to appreciate each other's differences and learn they could be friends and that she doesn't need to change um, because she's perfect just the way she is. And I was thinking about that and thinking, oh my gosh, like I, I'm sure at one point I thought about it, but maybe I was thinking about more in terms of just friendship and accepting others. But I think about it also in terms of this particular topic and the parallels you could draw to human behavior. And yeah, I just like, for me, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, maybe that, maybe that will end up in a uh, Jamba book box in the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's just, um, I mean, the, the author, uh, Janella Cannon, um, she's a white author, but I do know that she very specifically was taking on that topic in that way from that perspective for that reason. So that's right. I mean, kids authors know a lot and, you know, they they don't get the credit. I think that they should because they are able, like you said, to take really difficult, dense topics and break it down in a very relatable way for small children to understand. And, you know, I definitely think they should get credit for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that book, if you think about it, it's about like assimilation Mm -hmm. and then breaking down the concept of assimilation and being like, no, like the point is not to become a bird, (laughs) you know, and it kind of like, and how she rejects that notion of like, I have to become like a bird, even though I'm a bat. But, you know, I I just kind of love that. Like, it's literally tackling a topic that is so complex, but in a way that kids can understand. And then you could draw those parallels and have those conversations. So I love that. So a little bit more about Jambo Books. I want to know how how exactly does the subscription work? Sure. Um, people can jump onto our website at www.jombobooks.com 
And there you can choose whether you're doing a gift subscription or a subscription for you know someone in your household. We definitely have people that give them as gifts for birthdays and holidays, for baby showers, or really even just because I was thinking about you. And there you choose the child's age group for reading level. So you can always email me as well at info at jumbobooks.com if you have questions. But Sometimes folks will ask, well, my three-year-old is reading at a very advanced level. What do you think I should do? And so I will always say, order for your reading level because, you know, I don't want the children to be bored with the books. So you go on ahead and choose your age group and then give us your kid's first name. And the reason we ask for the first name is so that we can personalize the letters that we send and uh, then just submit the order. We allow folks to do just month to month. So you can just pay each month or you can do a three month, a six month or 12 month subscription. And if you have kids of different ages in the same house that you would like to provide a subscription for, then you can do a mixed ages subscription and choose two different age groups that you would like to receive books for. I love that. I love that flexibility. After we spoke initially and arranged to have this, to make this recording today, I signed on up and I loved the fact that there was this mixed age group so that I could buy a combined box for my youngest two daughters. But I I just loved how it made this easier for me. I have every intention of continuing to expand the, you know, my children's library with a true intention of doing exactly what you're providing, Providing different voices. And um, I thought, well, gosh, I've got so much on my plate. This is one thing that's, you know, Jumbo Books is going to make this easier for me. And I can just have this. My kids, they love books. They love they love receiving packages too. <laughs> and how fun. I'm mentioning, I like the packaging is also beautiful. Tell me about the boxes as well. Oh, yes. We send all of the books in what we call Jambart boxes. I license art from artists that I find online who have created pieces that highlight children of color enjoying childhood. So, we have you know, mothers hovering over their babies, fathers hugging their sons. We also have like a little girl sitting in a chair reading while a unicorn jumps over her head and a little boy riding on a T-Rex in his pajamas. We try to pull that thread of children of color enjoying childhood into the actual design of the box so that you know when a jumbo book arrives, you know that that's your jumbo box and you know you can either keep that box and use it for something else or you can look up that artist's work because we will provide you with contact information for the artist and you know get some stuff to decorate the rooms with. I love it. I mean, I, I you thought of everything, Misha, with this <laughs> description down to the packaging. It's such an incredible company. I'm so excited to have learned about it. And I absolutely do intend to gift Jumbo book boxes in the future. So in terms of people being able to gift, they can gift a subscription. Can they also just gift an individual box? Absolutely. You can gift, a, it would just be like a month to month, but you mm-hmm. would click on on the checkout page, it says, you know, do you want this to automatically renew? You click no, and we won't bother you. 
Got it. Love it. <laughs> and then also, you also have like an option for like a gift um, card or a gift certificate yes, as well. Absolutely. You can do gift cards where the person will sign up and they're ready to start receiving the books. And you can also include a gift message so that whoever is getting the box will know that it's from you and you have a little note saying, you know, how much I love you. That's great. I love it. And then in terms of if a, if a box arrives and there's a book that a parent decides maybe isn't, you know, age appropriate, or maybe the story is, it brings up a topic that's too sensitive sure. for that particular child, what happens then? Just let me know. Again, info at jombobooks.com. And I am happy to send a replacement book. No questions asked, no drama. I'll give you a choice of a couple of books to choose from for your replacement book, and we'll get it right in the mail to you. I don't want the old book back. Please pass it along. Put it in a little library. Don't send it back to me, please. <laughs> but I'm happy to send replacement books if you already have a book or if, like you said, this book is just doesn't work for your family. I'm absolutely happy to send another. Again, you thought of everything. I love it. Um, <laughs> so in terms of the, your company, your books, your uh, your mission, what are your long-term hopes for members of Jambo Books? You know, with Jambo Books, we are really playing a long game. We are hoping that the members who are kids today will grow up reading books about people of all different backgrounds. And when those kids grow up, they will be in a much better place to live in our world that is so multicultural. So what do I mean? I mean, if a young white boy is a member now and he grows up to be a man and is sitting in a meeting with, let's say, three other white men, and they're starting to make decisions for their company, for their community, for whatever it might be, that that man who was once a, a little boy says, you know what, we don't have everybody in the room. We don't have enough voices to make decisions for people. Let's go out and try again. Let's bring some more people to the table so that we can make better choices. My hope is that Jumbo Book members who may grow up to become police officers will see in the people they are policing individual humans with hopes and dreams and fears and families as opposed to just maybe a quote unquote thug, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, as I often say, you can't read As Brave As You by Jason Reynolds and then mistake a 12-year-old boy for a man holding a real gun in a park, right? So that saves Tamar Rice's life. So that is my long-term hope for Jumbo Book Club members, that they will become adults who are curious and kind and open to lots of other people who may not have their exact same background. My goodness. I mean, I I think that is just the most incredible dream and long-term hope for your company. And I'm I'm all in. I'm a believer. I think this is such a wonderful way, you know, to kind of have an impact within, you know, the home and, you know, move from there kind of like one family at a time and how this can kind of grow to kind of a deeper understanding of just, you know, the universal human condition. And I just, I love the way in which you're kind of trying to achieve that goal through your company. So for your company specifically, what kind of impact do you hope to make with your company on the kind of the more business company side of things? 
Absolutely. We are hoping to make a real impact on the publishing industry itself. Um, what we find is that it's very hard to source books about children of color that are more than maybe a year or two old because they go out of print very quickly. And, you know, when we decide that a book is a Jumbo book, you know, hopefully one day we'll have to order a thousand of that book. And that will start to show the publishing industry that there is demand for these books. So please keep them in print. Keep encouraging authors, both authors of color and other authors, to write books that star children of color because there's a real hunger there for it. And, you know, we just hate to see stories that I have on my shelf right now, I can't source for the boxes because they don't print them anymore. And these are for books that were published in 2018. We want to try to turn that around and show that there's a real hunger for this. So let's put real money behind it and quote, flood the market. <laughs> so it's more yeah. than 10% <laughs> of books. <laughs> I love it. And why not? You know, if you mm -hmm. look at the demographics of our population That's in terms right. of, you know, like 13% population is, you know, black, 13% of our books should feature black characters and be written by black authors. Like, yes, you know, if not mm -hmm. more, but right. I just mean like mm -hmm. at least, That's at right. least. Yeah, representing our proportional, right? Yes, at least, at the very least. So how do people learn more about Jambo Books in terms of, uh, you've mentioned your website, but mention it again and any other places they could be following you or learning more about your company? Absolutely. Well, you can certainly find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're Jambo Books on all three of those platforms. And also our website is jambobooks.com. You can contact me directly. I get all of the emails. So um, info at Jumbo Books comes directly to me. And if you are an author and you have like an independently published book, go on ahead and contact me. I'm always looking for great books and I'm always happy to uplift great voices. So if you have a book that you think would be great for our book box, please do shoot me an email and um, we'll talk about how I can review your book and we'll make some decisions about whether or not it can be in a box. That is awesome. And I will definitely put uh, links to the website and also um, your social media handles in my show notes for this podcast episode as well. So people can easily follow the links. So before we end this episode, I always love to ask my podcast guests what they do with their family to connect to one another. So any favorite things that you and your family like to do to connect to one another? We love board games. <laughs> My um, my stepmother is really good at choosing these great board games that neither my husband and I have ever heard of, but that we all really enjoy playing together as a family. So one of them is the Outboxed. And then... Mm -hmm. um, That's a great game. We love that game, too. <laughs> right? And like you all win together. Yes. Uh, because when we play games like the memory games that the kids are so good at, like there's a lot of, uh, we'll just say competitive spirits in our house. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. My kids always are going to beat me at the memory game. Always. <laughs> and they don't even pay attention and they beat me. It's just insane. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we really like playing I think board games together is, is, is our number one way of connecting. 
I love that. Yeah, games are so great. And I agree with you. Those, I think they call them, uh, uh, not they're not competitive games. They're cooperative. Cooperative games. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, the cooperative games are so great, particularly when, you know, kids get to the age where it's like, oh, you know, games that can be, it's so great for them to have the opportunity to win or lose and experience Mm -hmm. that. But sometimes those cooperative games might be just a little bit more connecting, a little bit more bonding, (laughs) which I totally agree with. We've gone through full, like we only play cooperative games right now, this particular child. And then we can kind of delve back into the competitive games, which are so fun. Oh my gosh. And then my oldest kids, uh, Settlers of Catan. Oh my gosh, such a fun game to play as a family and like strategize how to, you know, build your little villages and all that kind of stuff. It's it's so much fun. Well, thank you so much once again, Misha, for joining the podcast today and lending your voice, your perspective and sharing about your company. Um, I know I've learned so much and I am incredibly inspired by both your vision and your company. And like I said, I'm now a subscriber. I'm now a member of Jambo Books. So I encourage my listeners to check out Jambo Books yourselves and think about also subscribing as well and finding out more about this incredible company. Thank you so much again, Misha, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bevan. This was great talking to you. And thank you for joining the Jambo Book Club family. Of course. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at The3DParent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on The3D Parent Podcast.